right. Well, good morning. Uh, it is good to worship our risen Savior uh, together today. Uh, he's here. God's Spirit is here in a powerful way this morning, and we believe that. And Jesus promises us in Scripture that where two or more are gathered, uh, that he is there uh, with them. That when we're gathered in his name, he will be present with us. He is most certainly here this morning. And because of that, uh, we know that we can experience him in a real and powerful way. Uh, today. If you're new with us today, or if you're just joining us for the first time uh, to Hope, we're reading through the Bible this year at all our campuses in West Des Moines and Ankeny at North Branch and here at City Branch, and we're reading through the Bible. It's called the Year of the Bible, and we're going through the New Testament. We've been through the Gospels, and uh, what our focus has been during this is that we don't want to just go through it. We don't want to just get through the Bible. We want to let the Bible get through us. We don't want to just be hearers of the Word. We want to be doers of the Word as well. And, uh, and something that we've been uh, talking about quite a bit is that um, this isn't just for you here on Sundays. The goal is that this is a multi-layered approach, what we're doing with the Year of the Bible. And so hopefully, uh, many of you are going through these scriptures together. If you flip over your bulletin, uh, every week the, the scriptures are, are there. Uh, your bulletin, if you go to West Des Moines, you go to North Branch, the scriptures are always there on the bulletin. And we encourage you to be in the Word during the week, so that what you get here on Sundays is just a supplement to that, as well as, I know that many of you are in small groups, and we continue, uh, ask you to continue to get involved with those. We're making a transition now from the Gospels and the life of Jesus, and we're making a transition into the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is kind of a unique little book that, that stands alone. And uh, I find it particularly intriguing for us to study the book of Acts here together at City Branch because it tells the story of a church that's being born. And we know what that's like. That's very significant uh, for us here. Uh, just over a year ago, City Branch held its first worship service right here. So that is really exciting. It's our birthday. It's our one-year birthday. Uh, yeah, so that's exciting. So just like us, Acts tells the story of a group of people who have been following, and, and, and all throughout the Gospels, they've been known as the disciples. We've been following them. They've been following Jesus. And, and we know that disciple basically means student in the original Greek. And so these 12 men that have been following Jesus, now all of a sudden in the book of Acts, they're called apostles. It's the same group of people, but they're called apostles now. Apostles basically literally means one who is sent. And so apostles would be a group of people that are sent. And so you and I, just like them in the book of Acts, we are a people who are sent, who have been sent here on the city, to the city on a mission. Jesus has sent them out on this mission. He's given them what's called the Great Commission. Jesus said, go and make disciples. They are disciples, and he says, go and make disciples. Whatever Jesus did, whatever I've just done with you, 12, now all of us, you, go and do that with other people. Teach them to follow my commands. Some of those things we talked about this morning. So Jesus has sent us, sent us out on this mission. And Acts is the story of the church being born. It's the story of us as a church. And so it's, it's how this whole idea of what we're doing right now got started. And so these apostles and many others now, as the numbers are starting to grow, have been witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. We talked about a few weeks ago on Easter. And now they're all meeting together, and uh, essentially Jesus has told them to wait. To wait, because the best is yet to come. You think the resurrection was incredible. I have a mission for you, and you're going to go live out the resurrection. It gets even better from here. And what Jesus is talking about is that they're going to wait for the descent of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit, His real presence, is He's going to send with them. He's going to send with us. 
And a little bit before our scripture passage that we read today, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we hear Jesus say this to those witnesses, those apostles that are being sent out, those people that were gathered. Jesus says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power, Jesus says. In other words, I have a mission for you, and I'm going to give you the supernatural ability to carry that out. I'm not just sending you out and saying, good luck, hope you can do what I did. Jesus is giving us all the power, all the authority, all the tools that we need to do exactly what he's been doing. And that brings us to our passage for today. Here's how it went down. All the believers were in one place. And we know that there wasn't a lot of them because they were all in one place. And so they're all in the same building. They're all in the same room. And so we're told that all of a sudden, there's the sound of a blowing, violent wind from heaven. Kind of like last night, maybe. And so they're all hanging out in this room, and there's a sound of a violent wind from heaven. This roaring wind comes rushing through the house. And not only that, but we almost see, it's this image of tongues of fire that come to rest on top of them. And it says that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Kind of hard to explain, but we know it's real. And we know that it was real because it actually gets the attention of all the people that were there. All the, the Jews from all over what was known, they knew as the world at that time. And what happens is all these believers, all these believers that have witnessed Jesus' resurrection, they're gathered in one place and they start to speak in tongues. In other words, they start to speak in lots of different languages. And so there are these Jews from all over the world, you know, Norwegians and Swedes and Danes. No, I'm joking. And, and they're gathered from all over the world. And all of a sudden, all the believers start to talk in all these different languages. And so all the people that are gathered there, instead of having to find a translator, they start hearing the good news of the gospel. They start hearing about Jesus in their own native language. Imagine that. The Holy Spirit becomes real to everyone. It's not just for one group. It's not just for the Jews. It's for everyone. And we go on to read that many of them actually come to believe. And they say, I, I don't fully understand it. I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. It's kind of hard to understand the Holy Spirit, but it's real. Something happened there on that day, what we call Pentecost. Something happened that day that was very, very real for them. People could see that there was power in that place. And it was real for them. Is the power and the presence of God real for you? today? Have you experienced that in a real way? Because the danger is what we do with stories like this is that uh, stories in the Bible, we, we kind of put these off to the side and we say, that, that's just sort of a weird, happened long ago, doesn't really apply, kind of weird, kind of mysterious, doesn't really apply to my life category <laughs> over there. And that's what we tend to do. And we say, ah, God's spirit isn't really like that anymore. But it is. It is because God is still changing people's lives and God's spirit is just as real here in this place right now with you and me as it was 2,000 years ago in that place. That power and that presence of God is real and available for you today. 
Do you remember in high school during uh, sporting events, uh, usually basketball games is where I remember it from, is um, the, the, the crowds on either side, like the opposing teams would be on either side of the gym. And I grew up in a really small high school, and so there was kind of the two bleachers just facing each other, and so you had to stare your enemy in the face the entire time. Do you remember, and I don't know how it got started, but do you remember the, the, the two opposing sides, they would get these chants going, and they would chant something to one, and then the other side would chant it back to the other one, and they would just go back, and it would kind of start off soft, and it would get loud louder and louder and louder. I don't know how it got started, but it would go a little bit something like this. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? And, and, and I don't know how that got started. And, and today it's not necessarily, actually, we got so into it one time. I got I just brought this. I got to tell you this. We got so into it one time, not my school, but another school, they made t-shirts. And they wore these. Got spirit. And it's not about t-shirts today. It's not about a competition or anything like that. But it's a really good question. It's not about, I've got the spirit, how about you, in some sort of judgmental, condemning way. But it's a great question. The spirit's real. God's power is real. His presence is real. There's a spirit available. How about you? How about you? Is God real? for you today? Is his love and his peace and his spirit alive in you? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? Because when God's spirit gets a hold of us and when we experience him, it's not just some nice little idea or, oh, that was a nice little pick me up or a little boost. It changes us from the inside and it changes everything. We're talking about significant power here. And that's really what the book of Acts is all about. What does it look like? And when I say this next sentence, I want you to think about Acts, but I also want you to think about us. I want you to think about City Branch sitting right here right now. What does it look like when a group of like-hearted people are all together in one place and those people all together in unity desire to experience the power of God more than anything else. More than the donut holes, more than the coffee, more than your comfy seat, more than the worship team. But that our common bond, what we're rallying around, what would it look like if a whole bunch of people got together and they had that kind of common bond, that the the, the desire of every single one of our hearts was to experience the power of God. When you show up here on a Sunday morning, you expect to experience God in a powerful way. What does it look like when a community of people experience the greatest life and the greatest love ever shown to mankind? What does that look like? That's us, and that's the book of Acts, and that's why it's so important. And I pray that what I just described there is not just what we read about in the book of Acts. I pray it's us. I pray that it's us more and more. The book of Acts is about the birth, the organization, and the development of the church. It's about the Holy Spirit moving through ordinary, common, normal people like you and I that don't necessarily have it all together. And God does amazing, powerful things through them. So you might say, okay, that's great, John, but what does that look like? 
What does it really look like? How do you experience God's presence and his power and his spirit? How is that lived out on a daily basis? Well, let's look, because the Bible has something to say about that as well. So if you've got your Bible, flip that open. There's plenty of Bibles underneath the seat. So if you need one, just raise your hand, and the people on the end can pass them down. We're going to look up Galatians 5, 22 through 23. So if you need one, just go ahead and raise your hand, share with the people next to you. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It's going to be in the back of your Bible. So if you were in, in, in Acts, just go a little bit farther to the right. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. If you're there, say, I got it. All right. Let's read this together. Verses 22 uh, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's fruit of this relationship. When the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, it produces fruit. It takes root in you and it takes action. When the Holy Spirit fills us up, we become a different kind of person. We live from a different kind of spirit living inside of us. Let's look at that list again. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Does that describe you today? Does that characterize your life on a regular basis? Even if you've heard that list thousands of times before, maybe it's your first time, here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to experience you to experience that more and more and more. Whether you've heard that verse a thousand times, there's always more with God. Love. Joy. Think about that for a second. The people that are around you every day, would they describe you as being filled with joy? Not just happiness, but joy. Peace. Really? Peace, you say. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's kind of it's it's contingent on my circumstances, because some days I feel that peace, but some days I don't. No. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Jesus says, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of whether you're in a tough relationship and you're struggling right now, regardless of whether you have a job or not right now, regardless of whether you're mourning the loss of someone that's close to you or someone that you know is sick, regardless of your circumstances, peace, peace. And it's for real because our love and our joy and our peace and our freedom that we receive when the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, it's based not upon how we feel from day to day, It's based on that spirit that's living inside of us. It's God's spirit that's changing us and making us into something new. It's not always easy, but it's real. That's God's heart for you today. Do you have that spirit living inside of you? That's God's heart for you. That's God's heart for us as a community. That his power and his presence would live in us more and more every single day. We have the benefit here at Hope of being one church, multiple locations, and you get to hear me a little bit, and you're going to get to hear from Pastor Mike, who is our senior pastor. 
And Pastor Mike's going to talk a lot about some of these same things. He's going to be up uh, on the screen. He probably won't jump out of the screen uh, towards you. He'll just stay up there. Uh, But you can watch him up there. And we're just going to take a few minutes, and Pastor Mike is going to take us just a little bit deeper into what having the Spirit looks like in us and what it looks like in us as a church. So let's take a look. I get to tell you things that are real about a God who made you and me and, and who loves you and me and who gave his, his only son for you and me and who's overcome sin and death and the devil for you and me and who wants to fill us up with his Holy Spirit and give us these gifts that, quite frankly, a lot of Christians don't have because you got the pilot light of the Holy Spirit going on, but you don't have the full flame. Flick the switch. Make some room. Let God fill you up. More love, more joy, more peace. There's another list right before that, and maybe this describes you better. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness. I don't like that list, you say. Where's the sexual sin? Go after them. Where's the murderers? Go after the murderers. That's easier. Murderers are bad, and I'm not a murderer, so when I go to church, I like to hear that murderers are bad, and I'm not a murderer, so I'm okay. I like to hear about those sexual sinners, because I know I'm being faithful, so they're not. Then I feel a little better about myself. What's all on the list, too? Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. But then there are all these other things on the same list. These are people who know... That there is a God and believe in this God, but they aren't filled with His Spirit. Quarrelers, jealous people, people who aren't in control of their anger, selfish people, people who are overly ambitious. Ambition is a good thing, unless you run everybody over on your way to achieve your ambitions. Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness. Does that list better describe your walk this side of heaven, or is it... Love, joy, peace, it doesn't depend on your circumstances. Patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And say, okay, I'll just try harder. Wrong answer. It's not about trying harder religiously. It's not about climbing some spiritual ladder of accomplishments. It's about making room for a real God who has real power, who wants to really fill you up and wants to change your attitude. Change your perspective. Change the way you see the highs and the lows in your life and everything in between. It's not about you trying harder and doing more. Oh, yeah, there's laziness too and sometimes you, know, you can't get spiritualistic about this and just say, well, if God wants me to stop being angry with everybody, he'll make me stop. Uh, come on. God wants you to. He just told you. And now he tells you to repent and turn around. But the way you find the power to do that is you make room for God. That's what Celebrate Recovery is all about, which launches this week here at Hope for for the person getting off of drinking or drugs, but not just that, getting off of anger, getting off of of not being able to keep that in check, getting off of other habits that are impossible to break. It's about finding the power of God. It's about making room for God to change what you and I don't have the power to change. 
To be filled by God's Holy Spirit is an external gift. It's not about trying harder inside of you. It's about saying, I surrender. God, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to fill me up. And God keeps his promises and he shows up and he will. I don't have love and joy and peace in my heart because I've learned to be so spiritually wonderful. I have love and joy and peace in my heart because God nailed me with it. He hit me from the outside in because I asked for it. I said, God, fill me up with your spirit. And he did. It's the most amazing thing. And he did. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. This stuff actually is real. This stuff is actually real. And can you imagine with me what that would look like? A place that's real. We got to be real people, but we also got to be a real church. And so my question for you this morning is, what does that look like for a group of us all together experiencing the same spirit? What does that look like? It was real in the book of Acts that we'll read about in the coming weeks. What does that look like for us? We're a church. You are the church. We're a church that's on a mission together. You don't go to church. You are the church. You come to Charles C. McGuire Gymnasium, and that's where we happen to do church. So my question for you this morning is, why is it not only important for us to live that out as individuals, but as a church? What does that look like for us? What does it look like when the Spirit moves through us as a church? Why is it better for us to be together in one place as the apostles were that day? Well, first of all, we're better when we worship together. And maybe you've never really thought about this or realized this, or maybe you're new, maybe in here for a while and you just enjoy serving on teams here, but uh, there is an incredible passion and joy and commitment in this church. And I love it. I absolutely love it. You are an incredibly faithful church. And the reason that God has brought us all together, that God has arranged this body here at City Branch as he has, is because we can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. In so many different ways. Take, for instance, the worship team. I love our worship team here at City Branch because, yeah, they, 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 they bring it every week. They just bring it every week. And, and there's something powerful about worshiping together. Did you hear that? Did you hear when we're singing together? It's, I'm sure we could all go and sing by ourselves and, and, and do that. There's something powerful when our voices come together. But we can't do that alone. The worship team would not make sense alone. So take, for instance, Wade. Where's Wade? There's Wade back there. Okay, imagine Wade's up here on the drums. And he's all alone, and he's doing church by himself. Wade is his own little church, okay? And Wade's up there playing the drums. How great is our God would not sound very good with Wade. And it's not about Wade. It's just that you would get really tired of it really quickly. Because how great is our God was not meant to be done corporately in worship with a drum. It would sound kind of funny. But when we're all singing it together, there's something powerful. We're meant to do that as a team. But it's not just about music. So many of you are helping with setup and making coffee and and, uh, uh, connecting cables and making cookies or bringing flowers or being ushers or greeters. Some of you that are on chair teams at City Branch here right now, You are way too excited about the nicknames of your chair teams. You are way too excited about that, and it's scary. But as we continue to grow, it's exciting because we're on this movement with Jesus, and that's what happens when the Spirit of God moves through people is that we're a team. 
And we're all on the same mission, and we're all on that together. And we need each other. We need each other for worship to do that together, but we also need each other for discipleship. In our story from the book of Acts, we read that after the Holy Spirit came and, and the tongues of fire came on this group of people, they just, they just started growing like crazy. And, 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 and Peter and, and, and John and some of the other apostles were like, uh, we don't know what to do. There's so many people. What did they do? They broke up into small groups. They said, we can't possibly have a personal, real, relational style ministry with a thousand people. We've got to break it into small groups. And so that's what they did. And they started meeting together in homes started breaking bread, having communion together, sharing God's word together in their homes. It was normal for that church to be in close community with each other, with a few other people. Have you ever been in that kind of church? Because it's really easy for you to remain a face in the crowd. It's really easy for you to just kind of come here and to go through the motions. Are you willing to make room for community in your life? Are you willing to make room for deep community? Do you have people around you in your life that are willing to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear? And there's a difference. What's holding you back from getting involved in community? What's holding you back from that? Maybe it's time to let yourself go and to let yourself be accepted for who you are. Some others of you, you've been stagnant for a long time. You just kind of plateaued. You were growing and you were really excited and the Holy Spirit came in you and now you're just kind of plateaued. Some of you just feel like you've arrived and now it's time to just sit back and relax. You know what? I've been around Hope for a long time. I've been to a lot of other churches. I've taken all the Bible studies. I've taken all the classes. I've served on all the teams. I've done all that. So now I'm, I've arrived. Maybe it's time for you to give it away. Some of you are sitting there right now and you know, you know that's you. And maybe it's time to give it away. God did not pour his spirit into you so that you could hog it. God poured his spirit into you so that you could give it away. Because God blesses you with that. And God blesses us with that gift. And we are blessed to be a blessing to other people. Maybe it's time to stop playing church and to experience church in its fullness. This might be news to you. But there's this statistic that's been around recently, and guys, it kind of applies to you, but it applies to all of us. The average American man has 0.7 friends. That's not a whole person. 0.7 friends. Friends. There's a problem with that. Friends, not just somebody that you say hi to at worship, not somebody who says, hey, welcome to City Branch, glad you're here, how was your wake? Oh, good, great, oh, how's the family? Good, awesome, great, well, have a good week. Friends, not the guys that you meet at the bar, not the, your, your golfing buddies, not the guys that you watch Monday night football with, not the guys that you sip coffee with after church. Friends, 0.7, that's the average. That means that some guys have zero. Brothers, people you share life with. And women, this applies to you too. It's just a little bit easier for you. I think that same statistic said that the average woman has about 842 friends. So it's a little bit different. But it applies to you too because women, you can fall into isolation too. And that's the danger. You as a church, the church is meant to be together in groups, in community, sharing life together, not isolated. 
Do you have people in your life that you can walk with? Do you have people that you can call up and say, I'm struggling? Do you have people in your life that you can call up and say, I'm hurting? Life's not going very good for me right now. And they're going to love you and they're going to accept you just as you are. And they're not going to judge you because you messed up. But they're going to pick you back up and they're going to tell you how it is. And they're going to tell you who you are in Christ, that you are a man or woman of God. And that's not who you are. And I'm going to love love you and I'm going to walk with you through it. Do you have people in your life like that? That's church. That's church. And it's available and it's real because God's spirit is living inside of us. It's available for you here at Hope. It's available for you here at City Branch. We need each other. Look at those people around you and say, you need me. Yeah, you're really bashful and shy about that. Don't miss out on that gift that God wants to give you. We need each other for worship. We need each other for discipleship. But we're also better, as we grow as disciples, we're also better at community. I love hearing stories. I love you. I love City Branch because I love it because you go out and I hear stories about you hanging out outside of church. (gasps) Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid that you're getting together outside of Sundays and you're going golfing together and you're playing basketball together and you're going for a run together and you're getting together at other people's homes and you're eating together and you're playing cards together. That's church too. This is not all that church is. This is a catalyst for the other six days of the week. How incredible that is. We're better in worship together. We're better in discipleship together. We're better in community together. And when we're in that community together, we're able to experience joy. We're able to experience that joy that's a fruit of the Spirit. There are some real comedians in this church, and you need to get to know them. I have have been in more groups and circles and Bible studies in this church and in my whole life where I have busted a gut more times than I know. I have laughed deeper and harder in small groups and Bible studies here at Hope than I have anywhere else. I'm not just talking about a chuckle, okay? Because some of you like to laugh. You like to go... (laughs) Some of you like to laugh like this. Some of you do the nose laugh. (laughs) That's not the kind of laugh I'm talking about. I'm talking about a deep-rooted laugh from your gut. And it's not rooted in happiness. It's rooted in joy. It's rooted in joy because you can be together and even if you're having a bad day, it's joy because it's deeper than your circumstances. That's why we need each other. We're better together. It's hard to experience that kind of joy alone. We don't have to take ourselves so seriously. We need to take God seriously. When's the last time you laughed? Hard. When's the last time you experienced joy? And it's a joy that's across the board because the same spirit that's in me is in all of you. We could go on and on and on why the church is essential, why the spirit moves through us and these things start to happen. The church is an incredible thing because our God's real, because he's alive. There's a real God today, and there's a real spirit who wants to fill you up with his power to be the church. But it all starts with that relationship with all starts with God nailing you with his spirit. It all starts with knowing that in the first place. And when you receive God's spirit and when you receive his love and his power and for his forgiveness and his freedom and his peace and his joy in your life, it's way too much to handle by yourselves and you have to give it away. You have to give it away. Is that spirit real in you today? Is it real in you?
We're going to toss it back up to Pastor Mike for one final clip. And he's going to talk you through a clip from a movie that you may uh, know and you may recognize. And I want you to ask yourself that question. Is it real in me? He was a very talented musician and he had a talented band to back him up, the Pickers. And they went to Sam Phillips at Sun Records in Memphis, the the famous Sun Records that launched the career of Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and all sorts of other famous singers from that era. Well, Johnny Cash wanted a piece of the action, so he went in and he thought, well, they're singing, Elvis is singing a lot of gospel songs, so I'm going to sing some gospel. And and then I'm going to get up, because I'm talented, I've got a good voice, I can play the guitar, I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to get a record deal, and that's going to be my career, but... He was singing the gospel songs, but the gospel wasn't in him. You know what I'm saying? He was singing about Jesus, but he didn't have any room for Jesus in his life. He was singing about the peace that he had inside, but he didn't have peace inside. And so he had this defining moment conversation with Sam Phillips, the producer at Sun Records, who said, I don't believe you, which is why I'm not going to do this deal with you. You're singing the right song and it's the right words. There's nothing wrong with that. But I can't sell gospel music like that. Because your heart's not in it. I don't believe you. It's not real. God's kind of like that with us. Sometimes I think he looks at us and he says, I don't believe you. Because I know you don't believe it in your heart. You're just going through the routine and the motions. I want it to be real for you. I want it to be real. Let this clip be an illustration of how God wants it to be real for all of us. Yes, I know when Jesus saved me, saved my soul. The very moment he forgave me, he took away my heavy burdens. Lord, he gave me peace within. Peace within. Well, Satan can't make me doubt it. I won't doubt it. It's real and I'm gonna shout it. I'm gonna shout well, it. Hold on, there hold on. I hate to interrupt, but you guys got something else. I'm sorry. I can't market gospel no more. So that's it? I don't record material that doesn't sell, Mr. Cash, and gospel like that doesn't sell. Well, what's wrong with the way I sing it? I don't believe you. You're saying I don't believe in God? JR, come on, let's go. No. I want to understand. I mean, we come down here, we play for a minute, and he tells me I don't believe in God. You know exactly what I'm telling you. We've already heard that song a hundred times. Just like that. Just like how you sang it. Well, he didn't let us bring it home. (laughs) Bring it home? All right, let's bring it home. If he was hit by a truck and you were lying out in that gutter dying and you had time to sing one song, huh? one song people would remember before your dirt, one song that would let God know what you felt about your time here on earth, one song that would sum you up, you telling me that's the song you'd sing, that same Jimmy Davis tune we hear on the radio all day about your peace within and how it's real and how... You're going to shout it? Or would you sing something different? Something real. Something you felt 
Because I'm telling you right now, that's the kind of song people want to hear. That's the kind of song that truly saves people. That's the kind of song that truly saves people. And may we individually and may we as a church be those kind of people filled with a spirit that's real, filled with the truth that others need to hear. God wants to know this morning what's in you. Got spirit? He's got spirit. Yes, he does. He's got spirit. How about you? And he wants to pour it out on you this morning and fill you with that peace and that freedom and that joy that only he can give.